Welcome to Tech on Toast. The Tech on Toast podcast is powered by REMS Hospitality, using market data to grow your revenue. To find out more about Tech on Toast, head over to our website, techontoast.community, where you can listen to all of our podcasts, read all of our blogs, and search for the latest hospitality tech in our marketplace. Enjoy the show. Welcome, guys, to the next episode of the Tech on Toast podcast. And this week, uh, we're joined with Joel Sachi, co-founder of eMenu Now, and Greg Gibbons, Central Ops Director at the Big Table Group. That was a mouthful. Uh, hello, Greg. How are you? I'm very well. Chris, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, where have you come? Are you coming, traveling far today? Are you, are you based down here? I, I'm not. I live in, uh, in the Midlands, uh, north of the Midlands, Litchfield. But oh, I, oh, I love work, place I, to live. Yeah, But I work out of uh, central London. Joel's dragged you down here for this podcast today. <laughs> but we're in the pub, so it's not bad. Uh, Joel, uh, say hello. Who are you? What do you do? Hi, everyone. My name is Joel Sarchi, co-founder and CEO of eMenu Now. And I suppose before we get into anything, um, let's just talk about your day job first, Greg. Uh, what, do you, what do you get up to? I mean, I, I was formerly of Ops Director myself at some point, uh, but tell us really what the day job looks like. So Central Ops for Big Table Group is really all about um, the link between the central functions and the Ops teams. Yeah, that that eternal loop that everybody goes through of you know the, the support functions come up with some project and it's the ops teams go oh my god what they're trying to do to us now <laughs> that was so, me yeah <laughs> so it's that it is that helping that pathway work uh, and also looking at overall efficiency across the business so I look at every part of efficiency so the business you're the glue yes. Yeah, <laughs> no quibble there. He is the glue. Uh, Joel, and, and tell us a little bit about eManu now. What, what does it do, my friend? I know lots about it. But yeah. Tell us a bit more. Um, we help hospitality businesses uh, boost sales, cut costs, and improve the guest experience without really changing much operationally, powered by some very smart plug and play, order and pay technology. It's very good. Have you been practicing that? I've said it a few times. I think the first time I met you it wasn't that quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and you and you aren't from the hospitality industry, right? You're you're. Sorry, I'm talking to Joel here. Yeah. Your, your background isn't necessarily in hospitality, right? No, um, I've spent the first ten years of my career as a as a management consultant, which is essentially a suit and a briefcase, traveling around uh, helping big businesses pretty much boost sales, cut costs, and improve their customer experience. Uh, but I was doing it on the corporate side for big insurance companies and banks. Um, but during that time. I essentially lived in hospitality right. because three meals a day out, living in a hotel for months on end in a foreign country by yourself, you know, the best thing of my day would be you know, going to a nice place for breakfast, going to a nice place for lunch or a nice place for dinner. And you know, because I'd done this day in, day out for 10 years, I got to see some, some serious pain points across every single country. Uh, and, and that's where the idea for eMenu now came and I just want to solve it for me. And is it just interesting? Is it were the pain points similar? Oh, very similar. Yeah. It didn't. What I saw in Asian countries, I quite like. I think you had better service. Um, in Western countries, um, you can see that it was far more, far more rushed, and the quality of service wasn't where, where you, you know where you'd expect it. Um, especially when you're paying a hell of a lot more, right? When you're when you're in the east, you could eat three meals for a dollar. <laughs> when you're in the west, you're spending two, three hundred dollars on a meal. <laughs> so it's, yes. it's it's a very interesting to see that mix. Yeah, because I always I always wonder because I talk to obviously people all over the place about about tech generally and hospitality, and I, I think we do have a very much a, a, the industry is very much the same. Uh, you know, in terms of the essence yeah. of it is service, is hospitality, and sometimes it gets diluted in what we talk about. But no, I think it's interesting that you make that point. And and what's your view of service? I suppose today. Greg, in the, in the industry generally compared to where we were, I suppose, because obviously we've got lots of tech 
helping us and we're enabling us. Uh, how do you, where do you think we're at? I think the, the challenge always is people, yeah. people and consistency. And I think, you know, we all know how post-pandemic, post-Brexit, hospitality has borne the brunt of a, a labour shortage and a, and a definite change in skill level. Yeah. So to, to get back to where we were, we're always going to have to be fighting an upward curve and, you know, national minimum wage continues to tick up, which is pressure on hospitality because it's our biggest single cost. And have you, are you, no, and a pandemic is obviously on board of talking about it, but are you, are you still seeing, I mean, is this really the legacy of that? Or do you think it's a bit of Brexit pandemic? Uh, uh, yeah, I think I think it's all of it, and yeah. I think you know it, it, the, the pandemic les- legacy is people sat and had time to think about what they wanted to do. Yeah. And if you were ever going to, if you had ever been working in hospitality for X number of years, going, I really want to change job. I don't know how I ended up here. I really want to change job. That was the chance for you to reskill or go try something else, and, and still have that job there to come back to as a safety net if it didn't work. You know, and lots of people didn't come back. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really weird. And I find my, my son is 16 and he's just getting his national insurance number uh, and he's telling me I'm going to go, he's going to go run food somewhere. And, um, and I'm really encouraging him to go into it because I think it's the safest place to be as you grow up. And man, for me, it's about managing money and just understanding how life yeah. works a bit. And our hospitality is a really nice place to be for that. Uh, are, are you seeing a different type of person that, that's working for you now or working for your teams? Uh, I think there is a, um, it, it's just a different world. I think the it, it's a challenge for... Gen Z, I think, because they have grown up in an environment that is that is much more tech focused. So they're really great with the tech. They're really great at picking the tech up. There, there, there is a difference to how you deal with with the guests, with the customers. Yeah, and I think that's a bigger challenge. And as an as an employer, it, it's that's where we have to spend more time. Uh, the focused. soft skills, yeah, yeah, very much so. But also the, the attitude to work. Is not a. It's not a. I um, work is my. I'm building a career. I want to work. It's. I'm working to get the money that I need for my job for my life. Yeah, yeah. It's it, there's a different. I mean, I just did it because I loved it, right? I, yeah. I got into it. The money was never great. I'll be honest. I was earning six grand a year at Whitbread, living in uh, my first ever job as assistant manager, and uh, but the best job I've ever had, and probably ever will have, right? The most fun I've ever had. But and these people problems are causing other problems, right? So they're. It's why e-menu now exists, right? It's why tech is enabled, is trying to support the industry what specific things or what challenges are you finding that i suppose working with joel is helping you overcome uh the, these kind of challenges you're talking uh, about the, it's consistency so yeah. the, the biggest the biggest challenge is is consistency and you know if you're if you're running a really busy site and you're heading into a really busy friday night you think you've got your team levels right you know because labor cost is, a, is and management is, a, is really important yeah um, and then 10 minutes before that shift starts, three of your front of house team are phoning in sick or not turning up. You're, you're putting pressure on the rest of the team and it's, it becomes a challenge and, and equally then the challenge to the customer and to the guest the service. Having a, having a really slick ordering system gives that guest the ability to control the speed of their, of their interaction with you as a business. And, and Joel, how, how, have, how has it been received? Because you've come through, I mean, we were talking in Rooms 101 I think I first met you properly. That's right, yeah. Yeah, which was back in uh, October 19... No, I don't know. It was a couple of years ago anyway. But how have... The way people are responding to what you're selling uh, or what you're offering, um, how has it changed? Are are customers becoming more... 
aware, self-aware of what they need to do? Are they finding it more beneficial? Because I know there was not resistance, but I think from Greg's point of view, from an operator's point of view, there's a. Um, it's not. They're not scared of tech. It's the the whole point of implementing. How long will it take? How much mess will it make? Will it actually help what I'm trying to achieve? You know, and how will the people respond to it? And, and so, how's it been received? Yeah, it's a, it's a very good point. The, you know, the biggest pushback is, as with any business, not just hospitality, no one likes change. Yeah. Um, it's scary, yeah. uh, and in hospitality, it's, it's absolute madness sometimes. And you know, anything that could uh, cause a little bit of friction is is battered away just so you could crack on with what you've got planned. Um, and that, and this is you know, the sole purpose of, of eMenu. Now, we, I created it uh, a, a while back to enable hospitality businesses to access the best-in-class tools for mobile ordering and payments and guest experience without the pain of change. So use your legacy infrastructure because the majority of hospitality businesses still have really old technology and they're stuck uh, for various reasons in that, I'd call it a bit of a chokehold. Yeah. Um, uh, Sounds horrific. But there's no real right time to leave your point of sale, right? Maybe in January, um, you know, when it's a bit quieter and you can do this massive change. But, you know, if you have... Your fundamental technology, if it's legacy, if it's if it's dragging you back, uh, and you want to add on, you know, what your customers want, which is a really nice, slick guest experience solution, it can be very clunky. Um, so what we did was we created um, the UK's first solution that just plugs into any point of sale in one day with with no API integration required. It's it's super Same. super simple, and we initially. I initially did it for me, so and I was mostly going to independence. Uh, and I, when I was when I was going uh, on weekends, when I was traveling uh, in my first the ten years of my career, I'd, I'd speak to the owners and I'd look at their tech, and they had really really old tech. I mean, this is everywhere. This was even at like the nicer places. Epos brands you've never even heard <laughs> of, or didn't even know existed. I did a bit. I of don't reason. exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. More importantly, <laughs> I think I. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there are over a thousand different point of sales in the UK. Really? That's good news for the marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and the majority of them are legacy, so they yeah. don't connect, right? So it's you know because you know you'd have you'd have small towns in England that have a very specific point of sale that was created by you know Bob down the road, yeah. and Bob services the you know the the, the restaurants in, in that area. Um, you know, so they just can't access the tools they need. And and did you deliberately? Come up with that? Was it something you fell into? Uh, it was. Was it uh, something along the road, Matt? That you thought this? I need to do this because every time I speak to someone, they can't plug in. Or was it? Or was it always from the offset? That was what you were going to do. Well, it, well, I wanted to create this. I wanted to create this business back in 2010, uh, and in a, back then they had really old technology. And in 2015, when I, when I as I was as I to do my job and I continued to see restaurants, that technology didn't change, but the customer demands did. Yeah. Um, so I, I realized that, and as more competitors came into the market in 2018, 2019. Um, you know, they're all relying on API integration, which these guys can't do anyway. So they have a completely different order and pay system to what they have. So we went out with the, with the purpose of building a solution that could just plug in to anything. And um, we took that to a, um, an agency called Innovate UK. Yes. Um, and they fund the UK's most innovative uh, startups. So we said, look, we're going to build this product that's going to help 70% of the market access the tools that only the 30% can access. Can you fund us? And they did. And, you know, that's where eMenu really started. We got the money. We started building it. Proof such of concept. A, that's such a great mission to have, though, because I, I agree that tech is brilliant. You know I love it. <laughs> talk about it every week. Uh, but uh, it, can't, it can't, sometimes I feel like it can't help everyone. Uh, you know, from the mom and pop restaurant up to the takeaway around the corner, up to Wagamama and BrewDog, right? So it's it's... It's enabling everybody to have a great experience. And I think that's what's really cool. Anyway, I'm just validating yeah. your product. No, it's, a, no, it's, <laughs> a, it's a very good point. And so we had initially targeted this for the, for the small mom and pop restaurant. But now um, some of the UK's biggest brands are using it because it's just, it's just so simple. 
the simplicity of it trumps, you know, the, the complexity and the benefits of API integration for, for, for the mass market. Um, I mean, and, and Greg, from your side, because it's really interesting to have the two of you here, actually, because you've got the operator's point of view yeah. and then the supplier point of view. The, the implementation part of any kind of new system, whether it be a new food and veg delivery or whether it be EPOS, how, how hard is that, especially in your size group, to roll out? And what kind of things are you looking for during the procurement process to make sure, do you know what, we need to make sure we stay away from supplier A and go with supplier B? Yeah, I mean, again, a really big question. Lots in that. The, <clears throat> I think the the biggest challenge is, you know, you, you've worked hospitality. It's a operations want a solution. We grab a solution, pull them together, and then twelve months down the line, we realise actually, ops didn't understand all of the problem. The the tech didn't understand what ops wanted as the actual solution, and what we've got is is a muddle somewhere in between. Yeah, um, and. There was a rush to to um, online ordering uh, as we came out of the pandemic, and there was a big flood on uh, products on the market. Lots of people took stuff that is clunky and doesn't really do what we're going to do. We, we, you know, nobody, um, you know, Amazon and, and Tesco's and the supermarkets have done the heavy lifting for for yeah. us on this. You know, people are so used to doing their order, wandering around their house, looking at right, what am I ordering this week on my Ocado delivery or whatever yeah. it is. Um, so people are used to that. That that tech is embedded in people. Uh, you know, Amazon ordering the same. It's all. It's there. When you go as operators, we've got to accept that people want to do that when they, when they visit you. But it, it varies on the visit, on the day of the week, and the party that you're in. You know. So when you go for a business meeting, you're sitting in a restaurant having a chat. It's a very different experience to going out with your family. You don't particularly want the server sure. there all the time. <laughs> so you need the most. The the, the more flexible. The system is to be able to do that, and it's not all or nothing all the time. Is what will be. That's where the longevity in this is. That's where the success is. And then it's got to go in with, from a team point of view, without them having to change. Yeah. The, le- the less change they have to make, the more it helps them. Without changing their what they do, the more successful it will be. Yeah, and that's key, isn't it? Adoption yeah. in tech. And I remember we rolled out, I don't know, I should, I'm going to talk about it anyway, ProNet in um, Carluccio's uh, across 110 sites that when we were big, big. And um, what a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, and it was no one, I don't think it was, any, it definitely wasn't ProNet's fault. They did their due diligence. It was our fault, right? The operator. We, yeah. A, we didn't understand why we were getting it. B, when we got it, we didn't really know what to do with it or how to work it. Belief as yeah. well. You've got, you, they've yes. got to get you. Yes. We have to get them to use the tech Purpose. to go, right, do you understand this is not here, this is not replacing you, this is enhancing your guest experience. It is, you know, it's the time that table wants to leave because their two, three-year-olds are warring with each other <laughs> and you're in the middle of setting, you're in the middle of taking an order from a yeah. table of 12. They can see you're busy. They're not blaming you, but they need to pay and go. Yeah. And actually that's where this... This is win-win for everybody. And, and pain points. I was just talking to the airship guys in the previous podcast about hotels. And last night I checked in at my hotel. And again, I checked in online, did all my stuff, did everything they said on the text. I still had to fill out a card at the desk, knackered, tired. And it's the same paying a bill. I still got to ask for the bill, you know, after all this tech. And I know it, I know the solution's out there now, and I know. But I don't always want to do it like that. Sometimes I do want a waiter to come over and look after me and have a chat. Like you said, the different scenarios. So, And I think we're calling it hybrid ordering. Is this right, Joel? Am yes, I right, yes. to right? Yeah. <laughs> so the correct terminology is hybrid ordering. And I think what you just described is that, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and how is that? Is that 
is it working? Is, is hybrid ordering, is it something that a solution that can work in the industry or is it, is it still got a way to go? For me, yes, 100%. It, it is the solution that will work and it's specific, particularly in casual dining. So yeah. there are some places where you you want, you kind of need both. So for example, if you've got a large outdoor terrace, yeah, yeah, you want people ordering and paying. Yes. Yeah, because you don't want that police mentality yeah, of the runners. Go, yeah, yes. you've got to sit there and watch them. <laughs> However, if you're for your guests to accept that you're a service restaurant, then actually that hybrid system inside that allows the host to sit them down, take their first drinks order, they're then looking and ordering their main courses and getting all the right upsells at the right time happens but then the, the server brings the food over they may have ordered already ordered themselves a second drink but at the point of clearing the server is taking their dessert order that they've already looked at online it's slick it, that's the bit where the the advantage to both parties is and you know we know win-win is what what works for everybody i think it's so interesting about that. just having an op it's quite exciting having an <laughs> operator on because uh, you're talking my language for a start and also I, it's that the benefit the real tangible yeah. benefit because I think sometimes as suppliers, potentially, Joel, that we, we kind of have a picture of the industry. We go in, we meet customers, we kind of see what they do. But actually, the real tangible problems that they face on a daily basis. I had a, a lady, Katie from Market Halls, is the CFO at Market Halls, was talking to me the other day. And she was saying to me that um, I actually, the, the biggest problem I have right now is opening the doors and getting people in, as in her staff, not yeah, customers. Yeah. She said that. So tech, she goes, it's really important to me. I understand the benefit of it, but I'm not, I can't get there. You know, I'm, I'm in this, and I think that's quite common, right? I think there's a real, the operators are more than ever fighting this battle. So it's quite nice to hear an operator talk about the actual tangible benefits of doing that. And, and on benefits then, in terms of profit, you know, because that's why we all do it, right? Well, and to give customers yeah, a lovely yeah. time. Uh, but uh, you know, we have to make money. We're a business. Um, what are the results? Is it, is it is it adding more money to basket size? Is it adding more money to the bottom line? It adds, it adds yeah, so twofold. What is, I, I think, the most staggering stat for me, and I've shared this with Joel a number of times, is 70% of the population are introvert. Now, for, for those of us who work in hospitality, we all go, what? Yes. Yeah, because you wouldn't work in this industry if you were, if you no. were an introvert. Psychopath. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, however, actually physically you're talking to guests in restaurant. And you, from what you can see, they buy more when they're not talking to somebody. When they, when a, it's targeted at the right time. Secondly, it's consistency. That's the yeah. We know if you put the right upsell in the right place at the right time, guests are more liable to buy it. If you've got an amazing server who's on their case, yeah, they'll do it. That doesn't happen every shift. We know it doesn't happen in every shift. It's certainly they're human. Yeah. Because they're human, it certainly doesn't happen in every site. So you miss all of those sales opportunities. This you. Know, Ordering to an app gets you that every time when you've got that when you've got that work done and it's right. And from a um, customers, bizarrely, trust it more than an upsell. You know, if you if you're um, if I'm trying to sell you something, and you the cynic in you says, oh, is that is that going out of date? Yeah, have they recommended that um, cheesecake as a dessert because it's out of date today and they want to sell it? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I may have thought that once. Yeah, <laughs> we know that happens. Yeah, yeah. so when it, when they see it in front of them on the screen, they go, "Well, they can't have done that just because it's going out of date. That must be the right product." Yeah, yeah. So tick trust, um, and people are sh- bizarrely, and again, I find this stunning. Are don't want to come across as greedy. Yeah, so people will not order a starter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, people will not order an additional side order. Yeah. Or another glass of wine because they think the server's judging them. 
you know, as operators, we know the server has got the, hasn't got the mental time to even consider how many glasses of wine they've ordered. They just want to get back to their coffee in the side station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they haven't got time. But from a customer point of view, they don't order that second drink or they don't order that other glass of wine or that extra starter because they, they think they're being judged. It is really interesting, right? Because this is the battle between uh, what people within the industry will call, or actually outside will call about experience versus um running a business right because everyone says but i want a waiter i want a waitress to give me that service but we all know having worked with thousands of these people over my career and you greg doing it still now that they are inconsistent because i have my i could name my best servers over my career right that i've worked with probably 10 of them jackie serena all these i know them off by heart because they were outstanding and because they were consistent and because they delivered like the app would every time but the problem is that's 10 out of a thousand yeah so I'm not doing any maths, but, uh, but that, that's not a lot, right? And that's not a great burn rate when you're looking at profit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, 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 it is concerning, right? And it is, and we have to be honest, it's the way it's going in terms of, we have to deliver profit, we have to run a business, but we also have to deliver a great experience. And it sounds like, Joel, that you may have uh, found a way of doing that and representing everybody with eMenu now. And the feedback you're getting, I suppose, from people using the system now, is that happening? Yeah, I, mean, I can I can add to what Greg was saying on I mean, further to working with him on, on Big Table Group. Um, you know, we work with um, one of the UK's biggest pub companies. Uh, we recently took on their pub of the year, so their most successful pub. And um, in the first month of them going live with us, uh, their average spend per head went up forty percent. And um, it's because I, I think it's really to do with onboarding and 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 the, and the pub, the, the guys that work in the pub really being sold with the system. Yeah. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time with them pairing pretty much every single food item with a drink item and every drink item with a food item. So even if someone's going in there to grab a beer at the end, as, as they're checking out, they think they're not even through the checkout as they're choosing their beer, they're, they're, they're being upsold various different things, depending on the time of day uh, and the day of week. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's very, it, it's, it's flexible in the sense that, okay, if it's, if it's Sunday, it's, it's talking about Sunday roast. If it's, if it's Wednesday evening, we're talking about happy hour yeah. and it, and it, you know, it's, it's doing that dynamic upselling uh, and what we've saw is that you know, people who would normally just come there for a drink are buying food and people are normally going are going there for food are buying drinks and they're staying there for longer uh, and um, you know th- that was with a pub uh, we had another one with a hotel um, so this is a, a huge seaside hotel they saw their um, room service go up 300% because it's just so much easier for you to just you know, at your bed scan a QR code yes. add a Buy a whole entire meal. I've got to tell you this actually, because last night, right, I was in a hotel, a nice one, and I was on the telly um, trying to, t- you know, you can never turn the bloody telly on. It's yeah. like five options. Just want to watch. T- yeah, I didn't want to watch the football in the end, actually. Yeah. <laughs> just crap. Uh, but anyway, uh, but I was looking. So I got it brought up the room service menu. And I went, oh, cool. I can order on the TV. And I couldn't. It was just a PDF of the. Yeah, yeah. Of the and I was like, that's so annoying because I've been, my brain has been trained that if I've got a button or something I can click, I can order, right? Yeah. So they lost. I didn't order. I went out. But exactly, I had exactly the same conversation when John and I got here today. I said to him, I stayed last night in a hotel in Piccadilly and the room service menu's there and you have to use a phone. And it just, I, I don't know if it sounds bizarre, but it's like, I've got to phone them. And then <laughs> I've got to phone them. And then I've got to tell them what it is. Yeah, And it's it's late. You're not particularly, and then you've got to go through the whole payment process. Yeah. Just want to be able to scan the QR code, order it, Pay for it and know that it'll just rock and I've up always to the found room. that bit a bit awkward, you know, when the you know, especially oh. if I were a single guy staying in a hotel <laughs> yeah. and a single girl or you know a, a female waitress has to come in yeah, to oh, stand yeah, in your room yeah. with you and get you. To, I always find that really odd. 
Um, anyway, we'll get into what, what, what's interesting else. about the hotel space is that um, the error rates are really high because uh, the guy taking the, the you know the, the phone calls is really rushed. He has to say yeah, it's five hundred rooms or reception. Yeah, everyone's calling in trying to get an order through. He's kind of get the order done, get the order done. Okay, phone down next, phone down next. And uh, very frequently, they get the orders wrong. Yeah, I forgot my drink last night. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I'm, not, I'm not lying. Then my, my food came and I was like, oh, have you got my drink? And she went, oh, yeah, it's on the bill. I was like, oh, <laughs> So she had to go down five floors and go and get a drink. So how much time wasted is that? So, yeah, yeah I, I, I just think there's a, maybe there's a bit of a reality. I don't know. Greg will probably be able to shed more light on it. But is there a bit of a reality check within the industry or within operations saying, do you know what, actually – this is the way forward and we can have a hybrid option where we work with both great people and great tech. Yeah, uh, 100%. That, yeah. For me, that, that's where the, you, both sides are winning. Yeah. Yeah, you're, not, you're not making your guests feel like they're getting shortchanged and they're not having an experience where they're reacting, you know, they've got that service um, and your servers are, are equally more efficient and we're, we're getting the best of both worlds so you're getting that upsell. And do you think that actually that people think that people want human service and waitresses and waiters more than actually the customers do. Hospitality does. We yeah, think, think it's yeah. ingrained in us yeah. to go, we can't, we can't do that, but it's not true. Yeah. It's not true because, yeah, and, and we're all moving that way because but everything else is... Sales, yeah. yeah. You, you don't see humans well, anymore. No. You know, 10 years ago, th- there was one checkout till yes. and 40 checkouts. Yes. Now it's the other way around. Yeah. And know? the labour's great. And, and, and also, but they, I find myself going, if you walk toward me towards somebody and, the, and there's somebody sitting on a, a checkout and they've got nobody in front of them and they look at you and you're like, oh, I don't want to come yeah. to you. I want, <laughs> I, want to, I want to go over there and scan it myself. Yeah. yeah. It's so... Because it used to... When it did literally went from the human checkout to yeah. the one where you put your own bit through on yeah. the belt yeah. that way and now it's the scan and go uh, yeah. I, I don't and think that I, I genuinely I think it's a it's a moving phase I don't think the checkout's going to be here forever um, because if you're I think the, the phone is, is the best way forward you know these kiosks they break a lot yes right? yeah. that's why they have one again labour wise from operation you have a, mm. they have a human standing there yeah. watching the Idiots not being able to scan me, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, not being able to pay, and then all of the t- or it breaks or whatever. So yeah, it takes up space, and you know, there's, there's a lot of infrastructure work you have to put in there. But actually, just having a QR code means, and also there's, there's the bit about there's someone behind you waiting to order, so you're yes. kind of rushing through your order. Yes, uh, but you know, there, there are 20 people there, all of them with the kiosk in their own hand. It's so much better. I, I genuinely think the kiosk will disappear at some point. And, yeah. and, and, and you know, you, you think about sitting in a pub watching watching a football game. You know, who goes who goes up goes to the bar. No one. You don't want to. No. You know, you, you want to just be able to keep ordering another, you know, order another beer when you want another beer. That's right. Like, I used to do live music at Hard Rock when I was there, and uh, and we, we used to, oh, yeah, we've got a big night on Friday, we've got a live band. No money. Yeah, because of what When you're watching a band, you don't want to go to the bar, you want to watch the band. So, but in those in 10, 15 years ago, if I had QR codes then, I'd be cleaning yeah. up. They just keep buying, buying, buying. So, yeah, it, it is really interesting, and I think, but I do think there's been resistance or timing's been bad or you know the people and the product's been poor yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Pro- the product hasn't it hasn't done it's been too clunky it's almost been tested hasn't it yeah uh, like the poor operators yeah. have been testing product for the tech guys and now actually we're coming to a, a full circle where the, the best stuff is left yeah. and still going and getting better because you're iterating now to fix problems that Greg's got and on that what about problems that you have like so allergens obviously is in the news Massively yeah. um, last year, and and will continue to be so. Flexibility on menus, you know, as you just said, pairing um, drinks to food at different times of day at different day parts. Is that uh, that's what you want, right? Yeah, I mean the allergen part of it's really interesting. So I am a 
hands up, I'm one of those weirdos that has a nut allergy. So you, you experience it a lot. There's no comment there from anyone. Yeah, just, yeah, he just looks at me and goes, we just accept yeah, it. Yeah, everybody's just gone, oh, I've just gone down in my estimation. Yeah. <laughs> He's from the Midlands yeah, and he's got a nostalgia. Yeah. Um, Next thing you tell me, you're a, a Real Madrid fan, then I'll be really sad. <laughs> no, 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 a Villa fan. So it's, okay, it's you're fine. Um, you, whenever you have that conversation with the server, if they ask you, which is getting better than it was, yeah. they ask you, the, the experience you then have is massively different. Yeah. You know, it, it's from, do I, do I actually trust what they've told me? Have they just put down this huge document in front of me that I'm now cross-referencing every dish on the menu to work out what I can and can't order? Um, or I'm just going, do you know what? I'm going to wing it because I don't trust any information that you, you learn over time. I'm never ordering a brownie. I'm never ordering yeah. this. You know, so you know what to avoid. Whereas actually the, with e-menu, You've got that chance to to click on nuts at the top. It'll take it out, and you know, then that menu you know is personalised for you. And depending on how severe your allergy is, yeah, that's a much better experience for you. Yeah, and, and our colleagues was one of the first uh, groups to do gluten free dining uh, back in two thousand and five. Um, and wow, we we I mean we were so militant with it. Like it yeah. was, you know, we were drumming it in, and we st- we really hurt. Uh, a young, a young girl got, uh, you know, a, a, a dust, yeah. a dust from a bread roll, ended up on her plate, uh, and it really, you know, she was really, she was made a full recovery, but at the time she was very sick. And I remember, I'll never forget, her ops director reading out a letter in front of the whole company um, to 100 GM saying, "This is what you did to her." Yeah, <laughs> and it, 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 it stuck with me, and I, and I've always thought that is something you cannot rely on a human to do. You just can't. It's like giving a, you know, it's like saying, saying to the surgeon, "Oh, just go and get your undersurgeon today because you can't be bothered." You know, it just, yeah. it just never will work. You need to protect it. And I actually think tech, because it's so automated, yeah, and so you consistent, know, yeah, it doesn't break. You know, and and listening now, going, it does. Yeah, yeah. But, but in this scenario where you set a rule up and it's this, yes. and unless someone who is the admin of that rule changes it change I, it's absolutely huge i think it I, I and does it i presume joel it does it for all different allergens that people may have yeah all dietary requirements all allergens you know I, again one of the fundamental reasons i created e-menu it started off with just a very very smart allergen smart electronic menu and then we added ordering and payments right okay as because when i was taking my team out um as a consultant sometimes it'd be 10 of us and it, invariably one or two people had severe allergies and you know the, that process that greg um mentioned it's so embarrassing for that person bringing a book out and say hey why don't you you know if I figure out Here what we you go, weirdo, just check through your 14th menu yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll just, well, you might, know, as well just there, right? might as well just put a hat on you and go yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, see, yeah, you, you could have a big hat with an a on the top of it because you're the allergen person in that on that table yeah. that's the, but that's but that's so from the same people who talk about experience and hospitality <laughs> yes that's what we do to people so yeah but I, and, and i also understand saying that that tech hasn't been great to solve that problem yet because i think there was a period of ipads where you like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you scroll through the pdf but still if someone deletes the wrong PDF or you don't update it or the yeah. old one went to the wrong email or whatever it might be from the operations side and you just end up... It's just so easy to give the wrong information. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's absolutely key. So I mean, that would be a key thing for procurement, right, if you were looking at a, a good solution. 100%. And, and big tables. So the other biggest... One of the other big trip-over points is, is big tables. You either end up having to serve them or if if everybody's ordering separately... yeah. 
you then end up with God. 10 checks hitting the kitchen. I'm just, I'm, I'm just yeah. reminiscing, but yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you end up with 10 checks hitting the kitchen and you've, you've inadvertently dropped into the, 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 the service style of, of, of Waggers where it's all rocking up at a different time because, the, because the, that's how it's landed in the kitchen and your head chef's having a meltdown because you've suddenly got all, all these checks. Whereas it's a really clever way of basketing that until everybody's done their order and then sending it through. Oh, wow. So you actually, you all order, you can all order separately. On, on your own phone. phone, yeah, and then but it'll hold it in one place and then go, yeah, wow, yeah, you can separate it. Chefs love you all well. over the world, Joel. You know that <laughs> that's that literally. I mean, you started talking yeah. about it. The worst thing was Hindus in Cardiff, Saturday night. Oh, god, yeah. I used to run place in Cardiff, Saturday night Hindus, you know, and it's a thing, you know, 20, 30 yeah. of them, and they're all had a few before they arrive anyway, but then it was just like catching smoke trying to get the order through, and the, the poor waiters and waiters had no chance. And it's and again, it's not the customer's fault. That's their night out. Yeah, they booked it, it. We took the book in. Yeah. We've agreed to it. We have to service it. So it's... It's a tech solution for what is a, uh, is a genuine for problem. For Cardiff Nights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done, John. You can put that on your uh, website now. <laughs> it's a good tagline. I like it. Yeah, yeah, you like that? Uh, and uh, what, else, uh, what else is it giving you? So, And the menu flexibility. Explain me a little bit more about the... When you're talking about the pairing mm-hmm. that's quite interesting so it, is that something you do with every client or is it um specific with one or two yeah we, we actually try to do it with every client it depends on how engaged they are right. um, the onboarding is, is extremely important it's it's um every customer has their own account manager and um they have weekly check-ins uh daily check-ins to start off with then weekly then monthly and we go through okay you've got a new menu change what what do you think will go well with this dish and let's do it together and then they get used to it and then they can do it themselves uh, and it just becomes a bit of a machine you know they, they'll start upselling uh, whatever they want to upsell on that specific day really quickly they can do it in five minutes in the morning it is effectively a new revenue i know it's a, an old revenue stream but potentially it's in, like the upselling and the basket size increase is really for me i always i always used to look at different ways i could different levers i could pull to make money and that is a new way of making money i know we have waiters and waitresses that do that but as you talked before, Greg, consistency is key, yeah. right? And that, that consistent approach does, I mean, the numbers boost, right? Yeah, I'm sure you've had those conversations with your your FT at some point that said, if you realise if we sold everybody <laughs> yes. just one more drink, yes. yeah, we'd have no sales issues and no labour issues. Yes. And you went, if only I could do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm trying. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas, and, and this is, that that's the difference here, is that, you know, that it is that continual consistency wow it, 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 when you think of it from a bird's eye view it's really powerful yeah because it is delivering a whole a, a, an e-commerce style hospitality revolution isn't it it is basically where we're heading towards where people can treat their business in a hybrid fashion so we supply everyone in the way they want to be supplied but in a way that we can make money from many different ways yeah and my marketers love it as well you know the, the whole experience side of it so with burger and lobster we're working on a concept where um you provide different cocktails depending on, on the day of week and to see which one actually sticks. And then if this one sticks, then let's provide that cocktail more and, and let's see how the cocktail sales go up. Uh, and also adding some some really cool things like learn more about where our lobster came from. It was caught fresh yesterday in Canada. This is how it's made. And uh, this is how our cocktails made, like all the videos. And getting this, 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 this menu becomes a storytelling tool about your brand. It's a billboard in your hand. It is. Yeah. It really is. No, and it's, it's just interesting that the um, right circle back to the start around the human versus machine type part, that actually the experiential side is getting probably better. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd love to be in a busy, bustling restaurant with people hovering around me and all that, all that noise going on. But you also want, I want to manage the pace of my food. 
We yeah. went we went off to dinner on Valentine's Day, me and Kerry up in a local Italian. Amazing food, amazing service. But we were done in 47 minutes, three courses. Literally walked out like... <laughs> Literally yeah. shattered. Kind of, it was like we'd been a drive-by dinner. And um, because we were made to eat that way, yeah. because every time we ordered, it came, because they, they were super efficient because it was Valentine's wow. Day. So, you know, they're on a, so they were being very uber efficient. But the problem with that is, you know, I've booked my table for what, two hours or whatever it might be. You, we kind of want to hang out. But you yeah. almost yeah. feel like once you've had your dessert, out. So it's, it's a different, it's a very weird thing. It's something we're unpicking from the sounds of it, which yeah. is great. And, Greg, I've got to ask you about robots because um, Joel told me I had to. Uh, yeah, in fact, I think he called you Mr. Robot at one point. Yeah. I was in uh, the Hard Rock Hotel the other week and there were some uh, robots clearing tables and delivering food. Uh, and I was watching a Hard Rock's part of my uh, career and I absolutely loved it there. And they were very experiential. And I was watching um, waiters interact with them and uh, the customers. And it was great. And it really actually, it really fitted quite nicely into the hard rock. And they had names. They'd named the two robots. Yeah. I can't remember the names. But um, you're an advocate of this, right? Aren't you part of the reason they were there? Yeah. So so I um, came across um, the what are loosely called tray bots, tray service bots, um, probably just over 12 months ago. Um, there were a couple of individ- a couple of one-off sites in the UK with them, but no no brands at all. Yeah. I after talking to a, a number of different people, we got to to be able to do a test in in a in a site, uh, and you know everybody was cynical. Yeah, everybody was right. Are you, are you really? What are, what are you doing? You see, you know, everybody was cynical. We put them put them in this site, and with within I would say two hours of them going in, it had changed everybody's opinion. So the team in team in that site, the general manager in that site, the yeah, the operations team in that uh, the ops manager for that business were all like, "Holy hell, this is this is game changing!" And it was it was really clear, really quickly that that a they were so they're so simple for the team to to use and, and support the team with. The guests just are mesmerised by them. There is no there is no other word. They're mesmerised by them. We have had more social media. And and filming of the bots, then you you can shake a stick. It's out. A great marketing idea, just, just phenomenal on their robot. Yeah, uh, yeah. Children love them. Yeah, absolutely love them. I mean, it helps they've got a cat's face and ears, yeah. and you can stroke them, and they'll stop <laughs> and they'll talk to the children. Wow, All right? But they are so clever. And, and, so and clever. for people that haven't seen them, they're like they're about what two three feet. Uh, no, they're probably about five five foot high. Um, very low to the ground, very sturdy. They they've got four large trays on them, um, and you you really quick to use. Map them really quickly in the restaurant, and they are effectively they're the legs for the team. So where you have a large flat footprinted site, yeah, they are they allow you to your team to not spend as much time being unproductive in terms of clearing what, tables. what we want them yeah. to do, which is improve the guest experience and sell. Yeah. They're not walking backwards and forwards carrying full and empty plates. And that's where you see the huge difference. I, I was one of those naysayers until very recently when I was in, uh, I think it was at the HRC uh, trade show where we were doing the stage there one year. And uh, there was one annoying me, chasing me around the bloody building all day. But I, when I saw it in a, in, I think it was Bo Parin maybe had them. Yeah. Or, uh, Slim Chickens, is it? Yeah. Yeah, so I saw one in Slim Chickens and the kids were all over it. Like I was laughing, just going... <laughs> 
Or thing, the thing, it's a robot. It couldn't move, but it was like it was getting um, it was getting manhandled by all these kids. But then I, when I saw him in Hard Rock, it really it, it's the first time I've seen it and gone, that makes sense. Because I was what I asked the I asked the waiter, I said, "How do you feel about working with a robot?" And she said, "It's it's our runner. It's brilliant." The the, the, the first site we put them into um, a week a week into the to so this first test, we had a we had a catch up call with myself, the, the general manager from the site, and the the ops director for the brand. And um, we, the first thing I said to her was, um, it's okay, um, seven days in, how do you feel about the bots? And she said, and she's a long-serving general manager. If you take them out, I'm leaving. <laughs> uh, and, the, and the ops director went, you are joking, Kaylee. She went, no, I'm deadly serious. If you take them out, I'm leaving. Wow. Just yeah, I, I think it's I, I think it's a real opportunity. I, I, and again, I think it's it's more the industry's problem than anybody else's. As in internally, I think customers actually see the benefit, and they never call in sick, no. right? Uh, and they never chat back. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, and they you know from a from an overall business point of view, you know they they don't call in sick. But they also don't accrue holiday pay. Yeah. They don't need national insurance payments. Cycle to yeah, work. They, yeah, they don't. They don't need. They don't need a pension contribution. Yeah. For, and from a team point of view, they don't become part of your trunk. Yeah. They're not asking for. They, you have to tip out to the boss. Yeah. So you know, better service. It, it relates to the whole uh, team. And as what's well. the return like? How long are you paying for a bot? Do you think before you start? Um, varies. Um, our best return twenty two weeks. Wow. Twenty two weeks. So one site last week, the the best performing site last week, the the bots did. 22,555 tasks. And you're, you're not suggesting getting rid of humans here. You're, no. This is a, this this, is this a is get compliment your, to... Yeah, yeah, this is get your humans to do the bit we want them to do. Yeah. They're becoming a more and more expensive and harder to get hold of yeah. resource. So don't wear them out doing all that stuff. And, you know, we're, we're, we're nearly 12 months into the, since the first start, site started. And we are, we, we are seeing other... Trend. So we we can see over a twelve month trend that the where that site had a higher team turnover uh, as actually is now again against the brand average is now trending under the brand average because actually the servers don't come off shift battered from carrying heavy plates backwards and forwards for nine ten hours. Yeah, and getting involved in complaints with customers because obviously they're running around doing twenty seven yeah. things when really what they want to do is serve people. Yeah, I love it. And uh, you know, it might be worth talking about how you're splitting your restaurants in half with a complete. Automated, uh, yeah. So that's for the email, yeah. yeah. So that's that's what we're working towards. Is that is that next in, in um, the next gen of right? How do we how do we link e-menu through and into the bot as well, so that you can come in, you can go to on one side if you're if you're in that right high speed. I'm here for a different function or I'm here to refuel. Yeah. Actually, I can come in, scan the QR code, order my food. The bot will come over. I take my I take my plate off the bot and I can eat and I can pay and go. And I don't need any human interaction, or I could. I don't need to take that. I can sit on the other side, and I can have True. human interaction. I mean, really hybrid. I mean, you've just yeah. got one by the two lanes to pick, right? Yeah. And what you were talking about something in America, weren't you, Joel? The digitalized sommelier. Yeah, I mean, it, what reminded me of it is it was recently Valentine's Day, and I um, took my wife out after our second. So trial. predictable, aren't after we? we all took her. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should take her out more run once a year. <laughs> I, I haven't taken her out in about eight months. It's really, really bad. You've got a good excuse, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Baby, congratulations. Thank you way. very much. So it was nice. We had the, we had the one-month-old baby there uh, sleeping for once. It whilst we had our food. And, you know, it was, it was a really nice, really nice restaurant near where we live. And, um, you know, I wanted to see the wine list. So I asked for the wine list. And it had no description. It just said, 
I don't know why. And there's, there's a stat out there saying that 80% of people that go to a hospitality business actually wish they knew more about their wines. They're going in there hoping for the best. With That's why, and I don't know if you've heard of the wine app. There's a wine app out there, which a lot of my friends use. Uh, I'm not sure what it's called. Sorry, I should have said that before I said it. But uh, <laughs> but I don't know what it's called. But they use it every time they, you yes, scan the label. The, yeah. And then it tells you the origins and, you know, and all the bits and bobs. And yeah, but that's customers doing it themselves. Exactly. Again, no yeah. experience. But anyway, carry on. But yeah, that kind of damages it. I'll, I'll look at the bottle, then I'll scan it, then I'll see where it's from and I'll yeah. get the reviews. You know, I want... I want that to be in e-menu, and then that's, that's what we've got in e-menu. So e-menu becomes your digital sommelier, so you don't have to have that embarrassing moment where you're like, uh, can I taste this one and taste that one? Because most of the time, because we're English, we'll just take a bottle of wine, it'll taste disgusting, we'll just neck it and crack on. <laughs> <laughs> neck it and crack on. Yeah. Now you're speaking my language. <laughs> but actually, you know, if, if you could get a, a really good understanding of where is this wine from, what does it taste like, if you like this, then you might like that, and this is what other customers thought about it. I mean, you, you're invariably going to have a much better experience, aren't you? And you're not going to feel as embarrassed asking about the wines. When I asked the server about the wines, he had absolutely no idea. <laughs> uh, so he just said, uh, why don't you taste a different bottle? Uh, well, I'm sure Greg will tell you, but wine training was the one thing that nobody wants to do and nobody remembers. Because it's, it's, if it's done well, it's detailed. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, everybody, we've, I'm sure you've done, as I have, many, many courses over the years. And there is the odd nugget <laughs> that is stuck in my head. I don't know what I like. But <laughs> yeah, other than that's that, basically what remains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, that college used to take us to Italy to meet the grower, right? We yeah. used to go out there and meet the grower. Which and, is a great crack, but, but you didn't learn anything no. apart from how to drink wine. <laughs> yeah, yes. I used to go back and tell the wait, tell the customers, oh, we were in uh, Sardinia last week and we were doing this. Oh, we were, in, uh, we were up in the Alps. And uh, they were like, oh, what, what wine was it? I was like, oh, I'm just going to get the waiter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, was a, it was a red one. It was, yeah, it, it was, was really, really nice. It tasted great. You should have five bottles. We did. Uh, anyway, right. And, and I want to talk a little bit about integrations because um, obviously when you're building a tech stack or you're adding things to your tech stack, um, everyone hears the word API and, and operations five years ago. I'm like, what the hell's an API? Now everyone knows what an API is, I think. Uh, and I think it's it's a real issue. Greg, how much in, comes into your thinking when you're looking at Products like eMenu now or whatever else you use. Um, I saw you chatting to the airship. Yeah, I, I think integration is hugely frustrating, and yeah. I think the depending on it feels that um, the larger, older school te- uh, EPOS companies don't want to play ball. Yeah, they're dragging their feet. They can see the markets changing. They're not. Then they're doing everything they can to. Not facilitate, and it's not because they're not agile, is it? It's, it's, is it? Do you think it's it's a it's a deliberate decision not uh, to do it? Or? I, I think it's a they don't they they can see where the market's going. They they understand where we need to get to, but they don't have the the, the fleet of foot because they're big businesses. Yeah, like turn the to, to yeah to to get to that position. So what? How do how do you stop that? We put a we put a price tag on our APIs. And actually, we then don't have to do the dev work. We can just pocket the cash from other people doing the dev work. Yeah. And actually, that then just holds us back, and it's all a bit frustrating, I think. Yeah, and a bit obvious. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and Joel, I'm guessing that frustrates you as well, right? Because you, you want to work with as many hostile yeah. brands as possible, which you talked about right at the start. That was your mission. And not that you're being blocked, but it kind of is like that a little bit. Or, you know, you feel like 
Because sometimes I saw a real kind of coming together of tech suppliers over the pandemic. I suppose there was a, everyone kind of realised that we need to work together a bit yeah. more, and, and the, the barriers came down. But I think Greg is correct in the fact that some of those people may be retreating. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the kind of person that I don't like to bundle products in my personal life. Yeah. So I won't get my home insurance, my car insurance, my, know, my life insurance, whatever, with the same supplier. Yeah. Because now they've got me. Right. Yeah. They can put their premium up by 10, 20, 30 percent. I'm not going to change because I might lose yeah, whatever it's points. Of, yeah, it's a lot of headache. Right. And that's, and that's exactly what's happening with point of sales. It's, you know, I'm going to give you your mobile ordering system. I'm going to give you this system and that system and this system. And you feel completely trapped uh, with that point of sale. And if you go with someone else, oh, we're going to start charging. Like Greg said, oh, no, even though this, this other service is, is far better, it's going to give you exactly what you want. And that's now becoming more of a barrier as as point of sales systems start building out their own mobile yes. ordering and payment systems. They start blocking um, I guess best in class services, yeah. Um, which can be a which can be a pain point, but of course, you know, we've, we've got a way around it, which is the plug and play aspect. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, point of sales out there that are listening, talk to me. I want to work with you. I've got hundreds of customers coming to me because we, we we're actually got we're engaging with businesses initially that have legacy infrastructure. Yes. So they're going through the digital transformation process with us. They start off using their clunky. I've got an example, right? So um, for my daughter's first birthday, I went to a soft play center. And um, there was, you know, you've got bouncy castles and balls and all that sort of stuff and everyone's having fun. I wanted to go to the cafe and get a coffee, but my daughter wanted to go and play. Yeah. Uh, so I was holding her hand in this massive queue uh, uh, in, in the cafe while she was like, oh, Daddy, I want to go play. Uh, finally went to the front and I looked at their point of sale. They literally had a button called chips. Just imagine going out with Joel. <laughs> Everybody goes, what, what are you? What? <laughs> exactly. You're right, laugh, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is, I do it everywhere. Um, <laughs> The button physically said chips on it. And then the button physically said coconut. Like it, it was so old school. It yeah. was like a legacy, legacy. A dream was. for you. I yeah. bet you were like, yes. So I was like, <laughs> guys, what if I could let all of these guys sit down and let their parents, uh, let the, you know, let their parents relax, let the, uh, uh, let the kids go play. And, and you could, you know. Yeah, and take the pressure off you as yeah. well. Because I know, because I have three kids, yeah. those places you, you end up in a queue and it's horrible because it's noisy anyway and loud. The queue is being serviced by one person probably. Exactly. Uh, the people are going running around cleaning up whatever needs cleaning up. So yeah, that pressure away back onto the tables is, yeah, is massive. Awesome. Yeah. So, so these, so we went in, they said, yeah, let's try it out. Plugged in the next day. Huge change. I mean, everyone was happier. People were actually tipping. They never had tips in the past and they were sitting down and getting full <laughs> meals and not just a croissant and a coffee. They were getting you know, a full breakfast, which is fantastic. Um, so I'm, I'm working with companies like this who, who invariably, well, they want to go, to the next level of point of sale. So they want to level up, yeah. but they want to work with companies that work with us because they've seen what we can do with the allergen filtering and all that sort of stuff. Now they're used to it. Um, so, you know, point of sales, come chat to me. Let's, let's I, I think integrate. It's, uh, well, it's something I wanted to discuss on the podcast because I think that it's, uh, you know, I talk to all different sizes of companies and uh, I think it's really interesting to understand why, why that may be happening. We probably know, uh, but understand surely. it was We were talking about data with Airship actually about how Deliveroo, and Booking.com yeah. with hotels own all the data, right? So you yeah. customers, you're working your backsides off in big table group, serving, 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 but delivery keep all your data. Yeah. And surely, and I know I know they're going, you're mad, Chris, but if they start sharing some, right, or enabling you with some of that data, it becomes so much more powerful, not the other way around. Because they think that once you get your data, you're going to build your own, you'll have your own delivery service, but maybe you won't. You know, I, I don't know. I just yeah. think, I just think it's a, a blocker. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, they they share the data that suits them. To yeah, share. yeah, and yeah. I think it's 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 and everyone says it, but and everyone. So I just wonder if it's a play that would be really interesting. If actually bring down the gates a little bit, share the data around everyone, and let's see where we go because the industry could be so powerful. Yeah, what we're talking about, but it, we seem to 
want to retract and, uh, when we make progress, which is silly. And Greg, um, Greg and I were talking about this, actually. I don't know if we should mention the company, but a lot of businesses have tried to build their own tech in-house. Yes. And it's failing because they yes. realize, actually, tech is expensive. Yes. <laughs> it's not just about building it. It's about maintaining it's the, well, it's the, the iteration, thing. right, that you have to go through. And I, I spent the summer at Deliverette last year watching them iterate their product. Uh, and our company sprint on a Friday would involve, I'm, I'm not going to give too much information, but, you know, yeah. potentially half an hour, 45 minutes of updates. And I'm not just talking, you know, two people talking about an update. I'm talking about updates from every every department on every bit of product that they had every week. Yeah. And there was probably 10 to 25 changes every week going through and successfully, right, most of the time. Um, and that's impressive, but that's also bloody expensive. Extremely expensive. Yeah. So, and I know a pub group that uh, built yeah. their own tech, which I did a podcast with, and... Um, I don't know where they're at in their journey, actually, I'll ask you off air, but, um, but it was really interesting. They, and they were a big believer, like Honest Burger did. They yeah. wanted to build their own tech stack, but then they've gone full reverse and started buying off the shelf, right? We're actually working with that same pub group. Oh, really? Are you really? <laughs> yeah. it- I do know that. At, at, uh, I think we're talking about the same one where at one point... <laughs> we're being really secretive. <laughs> 2%. You know, guys, go, go look at Chris's previous <laughs> podcast where <laughs> yeah. figure out which pub group it is. At one point, I think only 2% of all orders are going through that app. Is that the, really? is that the same pub group? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so, you know, we're working with the least intended sites um, yeah, um, so they can give them the best in class without them having to spend the millions. Yeah, I think I think that was a real thing, right? I think a lot of people looked at doing their own thing, but it's it's a it's a whole world of pain, right? Well, because, because in operate, as operators, we go, oh, this can't be hard. Yeah. <laughs> This can't be hard. It's just dead easy. That's yeah, yeah, we that's what we do. It's, it's not hard. Yeah, yeah? And, and yeah, and then you realise just what a botch job you've made of it, and, and how much it costs to get going. Yeah, and and also the, the things that you tech solutions that are yeah, the, the the ability to have run separate menus on a menu, which to Joel sounds like oh that's quite a good idea. And then when you put it as an operator, you pick it up and go, what? So I can I can change a menu at the flick of a switch. In, in in my sites that have got exceptional volumes at peak times. Yeah. So, you know, in O2, you know, I can run a menu when there's no events on, a normal menu, and then I can flick to an event menu like that. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and then flick it off again. You know, and that's huge. Again, I mean, College of Stratford-upon-Avon. I don't know if that one still exists, but... Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, so it's right next to the Royal Shakespeare yeah, yeah. Uh, the theatre. And uh, we used to do about 15 grand a week, and then they built that bloody theatre, yeah. and it went to 60 overnight. Yeah. And it was they had this app pre-show rush, and then you yeah. know, after show. And having that capability for those guys, because it was a small restaurant, it was never built to do that volume, but it did it, and had an outside yeah. bit, like you spoke about. So... Having that tech to solve that problem then, oh, God, they would have cut your arms off, Joel, I swear. If yeah. you'd met those guys 10 years ago, where have you been? It's better experience for the, for the guest yeah. and it's better experience for the it team. It was just pressure everywhere. Yeah. It was pressure. for The manager was absolutely brilliant. The GM there was Mark Coker, if you ever listen, uh, was an absolute <laughs> legend and just worked his socks off. Um, but we lost him in the end through yeah. killing him. So, uh, you know, because he was a good guy, but uh, just working very hard. But it's it's a tale of our industry, right? We tend to take the best of what we've got, rinse it dry, yep. and then on to the next one. And um, and look what we've got now, right? And that's what the problem we're facing. But And guys, what do you think about, um, the, we've talked a lot about the future, actually, with robots and uh, actually allergens and what, what you're doing with allergens. What do you think the future of the industry looks like? I'll start with you, Greg. Just over the, the next period of time, really, in terms of the people shortage and everything else you're facing, what, what do you think is going to happen? I think in the short term, cost of living crisis is our number one focus yeah. along along with utility costs. I think utility costs are going to have a big effect on people over the over the coming months. Less frequent visitors, 
spending more money yeah. in general is where is where we're going. So you know, sales and spend per head is is a real focus, um, and I think the it is going to we'll, we'll go through a period of um, you know making sure what everything everything that we do deliver is of is really good quality. Yeah, and do you think that leads to smaller sites just out of interest? You know, when you when you're um, road mapping out your openings, when you're looking at less frequency but higher spend, it's hard, isn't it? Because like on a Saturday, you want to accommodate everybody. Yeah, well, um, there, there is big. The, the, the peaks are peakier, definitely. Yeah. The downtimes are more downtime, but right. the peaks are peakier, which means capacity management and how you and how you're dealing with those huge volumes is really important. And team flexibility then becomes a struggle. Yeah. Hence, the you know you can. You, Many you guys you to extend that, that process, but I think the uh, and also, but the growth of leisure hospitality, yeah, you know, that is also for all over all of us, we have to be looking at that. It's not going anywhere, yeah, that's really good. Thank you, Greg. And and Joel, what do you think? Yeah, I think um, experiential visits uh, are going up. You know, I went to Toka Social on Friday and I haven't been out in ages, but I think, oh, we're going to go play football together and, and, and we spent a lot of money yeah. <laughs> just playing football, also having a lot of drinks. Um, I think you know, the, the smaller businesses are, are actually going to, going to struggle. The, the one at the lower end, the ones at the lower end of the market because they can't inflate their prices yeah. as much as their prices are going up. Um, so they're going to have to make some very hard decisions and what can really support them is technology. Yeah. So I, I do think technology will be adopted a lot more uh, on the lower end of the market. Um, I think that's probably the, the main big change that will come on because of the cost pressures. The large, you know, at the fine dining end, I think they'll, they'll all be fine. The people will still go out there. Right? And how, how do you get that message out? Because obviously the kind of people that uh, we kind of hover around are enterprise business or mid-market business. These guys that you're talking about, which are, as you said, the majority of the industry, um, how do you get to them? Because without actually beating the street and just popping in, or is that is that the way? <laughs> no, we do we do a lot of things like that. I mean, we... we um, it's through our networks. I mean, yeah. you know, Greg will know loads of independents. Who will know loads of independents? Who will know loads yeah, of independents? They actually refer each other. They, they kind of, in, in, a, in one town, most of the hospitality businesses know each other. Um, so, you know, it, it is a lot of word of mouth. We have got people on the street. And the, the independents prefer the face-to-face onboarding, whereas the enterprise, not, not so much because it's so big. You can do a lot of things on teams. Yeah. Um, you know, we're working with um, pretty much all of the big pub groups now for the least intended sites. They all want you to physically turn up. And talk them through the system and 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 be there on day one because they're, they're terrified of tech, right? And then once you go through that process, they love it, they adopt it. So it, it's a very different way of selling, uh, which is very personal. Yeah, uh, I like, it, we for like that. it. Again, that's what we do, right? Yeah, exactly. Hold hand holding in hostility is perfect. Look, brilliant. And Joel, I need to ask you because obviously people listen to us for a reason. Um, how do they get hold of you if they uh, if they want to know more about eMenu now? Oh, please send me an email at joel at emenunow.com or find me on LinkedIn. I'm Joel Sachi. Everyone's getting very brave with their email. Greg, you're not going to give your email, are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Greg, I'm sure people can find you on LinkedIn if they want to reach they out can. to you and yeah, talk yeah, about it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's like, yeah, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you don't want to see my email. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. All right, look, thanks very much, guys. Appreciate you coming to my pub. Uh, I've now taken over Brewdog in Waterloo. So uh, uh, that's it for this week, and we'll see you soon. Say bye. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening. Make sure you tune in next week to find out who we've got coming up, or you can go and check out techontoast.community to find out more about what we're up to. Have a great week. Bye.